Welcome into another episode of We're Talking. Today, we're talking Raging Cajun football with Cajun sideline reporter Co- Cody Juno. I wasn't about to say Cordy Juno. That would have messed it up again, but I'm not restarting this thing for a second or third time. So how are we doing today, Cody? Making it. Um, you know, have a very pivotal game four as we record this on Wednesday afternoon. Um you know, after, uh, uh, you know, putting last night aside, it, that's what makes dropping game one in the fashion that the Astros did such a buzzkill. Um, you know, and the Strohs now have their backs up against the wall in a very hostile uh, environment. So have to absolutely, I think this is a must-win game. You do not want to be down. I mean, we're obviously stating the obvious, but you don't want to be down three to one. Um, win tonight and sure, it gets back to Houston, you know, and, and we'll figure it out from there. So, uh, on pins and needles, almost miserable, um, but, you know, hey. Well, let me ask you, the, since we're talking baseball, um, any surprise with the Phillies, so how, at least in last night's game, I guess? I mean, I think it's clear Lance McCullers was tipping something, right? Um, and, and so that is so that is what it is. Surprise that Dusty stuck with him as long as he did, right? When it's 4 nothing, get him out. Don't let, you know, as, as, as Rogue kind of would always say, make whatever push is going to come, and eventually no push came, but make whatever push could possibly come matter. Um, and, and I don't think Dusty Baker gave the Astros an opportunity to do that. And, you know, now that the bats certainly did come alive, but there were opportunities. Uh, look, I, I told people coming into this thing, the Phillies are just hot. Like they are, they are an incredibly hot team right now. Uh, their pitching has played, has, has been much better than it's been all year. They're a team that couldn't field the baseball. And all of a sudden, you know, Cassianos is out there in right field making diving plays left and right. Uh, and, and so they're just – they've got it going on. It's baseball, right? They're, like one of those things that we kind of always talk about. And, um, you know, the, I, I think the Astros are up against that right now. And they've, they've got to find a way, and they can. They certainly can. Um, you know, but Jordan Alvarez has – that bat has to wake up. Jose Altuve's bat has started to to wake up. Um but they've they've got their work cut out for them here tonight. Yeah, former Reds, uh, Cassiano, I might add, uh, traded before the season you know started. It, Everybody's former work, now anywhere. You, you work the Reds into the World Series conversation. Congratulations. Hey. <laughs> I think the only thing that surprised me is I thought – I agree with you. I think the Phillies are hot. But I thought coming into it uh, – coming into the World Series, the Astros were the hottest team in baseball. So, I guess uh, – a little disappointing for Astros fan. I, that's an understatement. A whole lot of disappointment. A whole lot of as tough as it is to be disappointed, you know, with being in, I guess, what their fourth World Series since 2017. Um, Without trash again, cans. Fact, well, and, and look, that I think for me that's part of it, right? Because they'll never get the credit they deserve for being in six American League championships straight right now in their fourth world series because they have not won anything outside of 2017. Uh, and so, you know, you want a little validation, right. Um, as, as our broadcast partner, Joe Bruce always says, you got to go out and validate it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, when it's gotten to October, um, you know, and I, and I joked around, I said, Oh, well, Phillies, what division do they play in national league East? So, you know, it seems to kind of have the, uh, the Astros number, but we'll see. We'll see yeah. what tonight holds, uh, holds in store. The last thing I'll say on it, and you can comment if you want, but I, I think Dusty Baker is a good manager. I do not think he's a great manager, and I don't uh, – I just – I blame him, I mean, in a lot of ways. I know 
he made my Reds teams miserable. So, but that's in a whole nother story. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the way Dusty has managed this ball club or franchise. Uh, again, last night, you know, at Chandler Rome, who's a beat writer for the uh, covers the Astros for the Houston Chronicle, he said it best. He said the Astros, you know, this was in the middle of the game Tuesday night, and he said the Astros are approaching this like it's the middle of June, and and so there was a lack of urgency, and and I think that was that was very true. Yeah. All right. Well. We're only uh, about uh, two and a half hours, if I'm doing my math, three hours from uh, first pitch. So uh, we'll see what happens. Well, let's talk uh, Cajun football. Not the best night in Hattiesburg, but it's been a typical night in Hattiesburg over the last 80 or so years. So, um, man, you know, the game was one of those that it got out of hand early, but at the same time, even going into the fourth quarter, I felt like the the Cajuns, and I felt this all year long. I felt I never felt like the Cajuns were out of it though. Uh, what did you see yeah, down but, the field? Well, no, I, I think, and again, we've had a little bit of time to reflect on it. But last Thursday, I think perfectly, it, it's why the Cajuns are a four and four football team. It is everything that has transpired this year took place Thursday night, right? Um, Again, Southern Miss's offense consisted of a grand total of three plays, Craig. Three, right? A 52-yard touchdown from Frank, from Frank Gore. You had uh, a 76-yard touchdown pass. And then a um, – where's the other one? A, a long another 50-yarder, right? Um, that those three plays are the game, right? Taking yeah. away the um, – you know, t- taking away uh, obviously the pick six at the end that, that that made it back into the the two score game, and so again, for as good as the Cajuns' defense has played all season long, they have had uh, problems stopping big plays, and and lo- and normally at critical times, and so we saw that flare up. We saw this team continue to fight. Right, uh, nobody can question um, their fight or their resiliency. Right, they're not giving in uh, and not giving up. But you just you. Look, on the road, especially even at home, you just can't put yourself in a 20 to 5 hole in a 29 to 11 halftime deficit. It just it, the recipe is not going to work out, right? Because you're, you're going to have to spend all this energy climbing back up. And if you get there, it's going to be so hard then to get over the mountaintop. And, and, and so, um, you know, while yes, I'm excited about playing Southern Miss in the future, and I think it's going to be a great series, right? Um, it just, I mean, it, Thursday night is, was tough. Uh, and, and look, and here's the reality, right? Cajun sit at four and four and they're up against the wall to get to six wins, you know? And, 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 and so um, can they do it? Yeah. Can they get to seven? Sure. Can they get to eight? Yes. Right. Theoretically. Um, but man, it, it's, it's going to be tough. And it, it starts Saturday at, at Cajun field against another really, really good defense uh, when Troy comes to town. You know, if you tell me that the the Cajuns are going to intercept the first pass of the game and then block a block a extra point and run it back for a two points, I'm thinking to myself, man, Cajuns are going to run away with this one easy. But nothing has been easy for this team all year long. And uh, how much pressure do you think, though, was put on Ben Woolrich to repeat his performance from the previous game? Maybe not think, by maybe well, not no, by himself. 
Sure. Uh, again, the game plan was going to, you were going to come out and throw the football, right? And it was a bit, and, and look, and now depending on the weather and, and what happens Saturday, right? And, and, and the amount of rain, although it looks like it'll maybe slack off by kickoff time. Um, it was going to be a chore and it, you saw the same game plan that you saw against South Alabama and you saw against Marshall and you're going to see it again this week. In my opinion, the Cajuns are going to have to throw the football to back them up to be able to run the football. Right. So fourth, really, really stout run defense that Louisiana is going to face. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it, but look, we saw the Cajuns have the big playability themselves. Right. And, and so, Again, it you know the three interceptions. I would argue maybe one was really his fault, right? If yep. we're going to talk about it, a couple of batted balls in there, um, or um, just plays that have to be made. Again, that's the other thing that the Cajuns didn't do that they had done leading up to that game was they were making the simple play. They were making, they were doing what they were supposed to do, um, and and we saw some of those inefficiencies pop up, you know, last Thursday. How big? Uh... You were down on the field. We we didn't have a window that were was open, and, and this is one of the games that I kind of envy. You'd be da- being down on the field, even though it was cold or cooler. They had the air conditioner blasting in the booth that was about forty below, and it was it was you, miserable. You poor in my thing. You, yeah, I you poor thing. I know, but you want to trade places Saturday? No, that's okay. How much uh, of not the the conditions on the field because. I mean, the conditions were fine, but how how much do you think the the crowd played into it? Because even though with the window windows being closed, they sounded loud at times. It was a great environment. It was not an overwhelming environment. It was maybe at times you could use the word hostile, but it was not. It, it was a great environment on a Thursday night in the Sun Belt Conference. It gets two foes that are three and a half hours apart. Again, you know, shut Southern Miss shut down school on Thursday, and and their students I thought did a really good job, but uh, no, I, the environment was awesome and fun, but by no means overwhelming, or do I think really contributed to to the Cajuns' issues. Uh, now, early on, right, we saw Southern Miss feed off of that crowd, uh, but then once you got into the second quarter and things kind of settled down, it, again, the crowd to me was not really a factor after that first period. Okay. Fair enough. I said I we we didn't have the windows open, so it's kind of hard to to judge those types of. Well, we didn't have a window to be honest. So you, uh, you had a window. You had a window that didn't yes, open. Yes, correct. Yes, we were just watching through a brick wall and watching from the <laughs> TV, which might have been better if we were all sitting at home. But uh, yes, all right. So uh, again, I just. And you look at these numbers and you think the Cajuns would have come out on top, but it, I agree with you with big plays, but. Um, well, again, you turn the ball over four times and you're stopped for it over five on third down, fourth down, excuse me. Um, you know, you, you could, you could characterize those as turnovers as well. Right. And so um, again, just tough, tough to win football games that way uh, when you put yourself in such a big hole. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on from from this past weekend because I, I that was just hard. What do we? What do you think we're going to see different, or what do the Cajuns need to do different in this game versus the Southern Miss game? Okay. Well, let's start with the obvious, and let's take care of the football, right? Um, take care of the football and limit the explosive play from another non-explosive offense. I, I mean, I don't know that it's any you know simpler than that, right? 
I think the Cajuns, what, what we understand about the Louisiana offense is that it's going to have its ups and downs, right? So can we be a little bit more even keel? Can we get more consistency there? But on defense, again, a, this is a Troy team, you know, that early on they were playing better offensively. But you look at that 10-6 to 6 win against South Alabama, and yes, we know the South Alabama defense. But, Craig, you and I saw that South Alabama defense at Cajun Field, right? It's no – again, it's no different than the Southern Miss or the Marshall defense, right? Um, and, and so, yes, while they're really good, it, it, not something that you just sit there and say, oh, my gosh, Cajuns have absolutely no chance offensively, right? Now, you're going to have to do a really good job. Uh, you know, Carlton Marshall is an absolute player. Um, you know, Troy's Troy's linebacker, and, and you have to do those things. But if you do not allow the explosive play, it's going to be really hard for the Troy offense to beat you really really difficult right and 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 so um for me that's what it's been but we've seen the cajuns have the propensity to give up the big play right uh over the course of the year and then simple plays catch the ball you know throw the ball on time on target catch the ball in traffic catch the ball more importantly when you're wide open stay ahead of the chains even with the chains right don't get yourself behind the chains um, and that'll give your offense an opportunity to, to drive the football and put some points on the board. But look, expect another kind of low scoring, you know, um, typical game that we've seen, um, you know, from most of the year in the Sunbelt Conference when, when the Cajuns have been involved. You know, uh, Troy hasn't played since uh, October 20th. Uh, yep, they've at- basically had two weeks, yeah, a bye week. Yeah, well, a little bit more than two weeks, but yeah, I, uh, 16 days. And the Cajuns have 10 days, essentially. Does does either one of them, you think, play into the other one's favor? Or does the bigger layoff hurt or help Troy, in your opinion? You know, I don't know that it matters one way or the other, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, depending, again, now we don't know what kind of injuries that the Trojans may have been dealing with or may not have been dealing with, right? So how does that impact things? Does that give guys more time to heal um, you know, does it, you could argue, does it create rust? Right. But it's, it's no different than if they would have just had a, a regular bye week right. Where they come off between 14 days in between Cajuns, um, you know, got back, you know, were able to take Friday and, and Saturday to kind of recoup and, and, and kind of reset things and then got into a normal week. Um, so no, I don't know that it plays a, a massive role, uh, again, unless there are just injuries that we don't know about within the Trojans that allowed guys to get healthy one way or the other. How do you think that, uh, the, the time off, especially coming from, uh, injuries will help, um, uh, Chris Smith. I mean, I know he played last week, but at the same time, I'm not going to say he was ineffective because he had his moments, but a little bit more time to heal. And then does does Chandler Fields see the field more this week? Well, weekend? interesting in the Cajuns depth chart, there is no or listed, right? It's Ben Woolridge, Chandler Fields, um, and then you know the rest of the way as far as the quarterbacks go. So there is no or. I do not really expect, and again, this is and I haven't heard this from Des. Of course, he'll meet with the media later this evening. Um this is I think Ben is the starting quarterback, right? And 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 so um, I think that kind of settles that. And, you know, again, the turnovers were one thing, but the Cajuns, you know, offensively, I mean, you look at the numbers, um, you know, coming in from, from Southern Miss and, um, you know, I mean, I, I, could you do better? Absolutely. Right. But, you know, 
he threw the ball 47 times, three interceptions, 370 yards, right? Um, and, and did take four sacks. But I, no, I, I think that we'll stick with the, the one quarterback system. Yes, more time, additional days will help maybe some of that explosiveness for Chris Smith, who, by the way, on that opening drive to start the third quarter, I thought the Cajuns were, I mean, we, well, the Cajuns were definitely moving the ball, but there were explosive plays in the run game. And then Chris puts the ball on the carpet, right? Um, so I, I thought he, you know, looked fairly well, but yes, you're right. From a snap count standpoint, he did not play nearly as much as he has been. Um, you know, I'm excited to see Zylan Perry. The, 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 it sounds like he's going to get some playing time, uh, this week. And, and maybe that means Chris isn't quite back to hundred percent, but I think what it really tells us is we've seen outside of Chris Smith, the Cajun running backs, uh, struggle from an explosive standpoint, um, and, and I think Zion, uh, or Zion, uh, Zion Perry um, brings that edge to the Cajun offense. Got you. What about on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, I, I still think, and, you know, we talked about it. They, they play, I thought they played a great game outside of one or two, three, four plays, whatever it may be. But how, how do we shut that down? I mean, I mean, it's not something that you're going to, I guess, practice and beat into them because you're your eight games or whatever it is into the season yeah i mean most of it it's it's discipline right it's eye discipline is what it is um and, and letting people get behind you and that's really been the kind of the achilles heels because secondary has been as people have gotten behind that cage and secondary and then you know credit to the opponents for for capitalizing on the big, on those big plays right outside of the slant route at monroe and also the big giant run at Monroe, most of the time that the Cajuns have given up the explosive play, it's been way down the field and deep. Uh, and, and, and so, yeah, I mean, to me, that's just, that's discipline on in reading your keys and not getting caught in either eye candy or play action, you know, staying, whether it's man or zone, just don't let anybody behind you, right? I know it seems simple, but if you've got a team that's run, 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 you have a tendency to step up and go. Uh, you know, and then just tackle, right? Uh, Cajuns have done a good job for the most part, but there have been, uh, you know, times where we've seen tackle issues flare up uh, throughout the season. I agree with you. I think that the the disappointing part on the guys getting behind, it seems like it's our better defensive backs that have been doing that. And to me, like you said, keep your eyes, uh, don't let them get in front of you, and then let guys like Cam Badesco that are flying all over the field make those tackles. Uh, before they get to you anyway. So most definitely. Well, Cody, any last words of wisdoms or thought on either this weekend or, or, or flushing the past week out of your system? No, I mean, I look, I think again, the flashes have been there, right. And they've been there throughout the year. And I would tell you that the Cajuns, despite, you know, last week, right. They're, they're playing better football than they were playing in week one. Right. And they're playing better football than they were playing in week two and three and four and so on down the line. Um, and so that's encouraging, right. They've gotten better with the offensive line has played better. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that they didn't go through spring ball and, and, but they've gotten better, but again, you're still waiting on that true breakout running game. Um, you know, and just, and to keep fighting and just, I think it's more frustrating because it's, it's right there, right. It, it's just there, but there's something that's just off. Um, and, and so, and that's the difference between six and two and four and four, right. And, you know, whatever the final record may be, whether it's four and eight, 
eight and four, you know, six and six, seven and five, five and seven, whatever the, that number, it, it's going to be just a smidge off one way or the other. Right. And so, um, you know, that tells you you're in every contest, but you've got to find a way to finish those games and, you know, senior night at Cajun field. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about a senior class that has left this mark on, on left their mark on this program in ways that we cannot do justice talking about. Right. Um, and, and what they've done, you know, to, to resurrect Louisiana football and, and make Cajun football. Right. That's the other thing, right. Every environment that you walk into, you're circled. You've been circled on the schedule since it came out last spring. Right. Big red Sharpie. You've been circled. Uh, and and, and the, those seniors are a massive part part of that. So, um, you know, get out to Cajun Field, put your raincoat on. You've got one. It's South Louisiana. Um, and, and see these guys off and, and hopefully they can go out uh, not in their final game at Cajun Field, but on senior night, uh, you know, on, on a high note. And, and it's going to be much needed again, as, as we laid out. Right. Uh, the path to bowl eligibility is not an easy one. It can happen, but I agree with you. Not an easy one. So, well, Cody, thank you for your time and uh, the quick turn today on uh, getting this in before your Astros play. Uh, best of luck yeah, to your Astros. Yeah, T's and P's, please. Would, would much be appreciated. Okay. Um, we will be we'll be uh, back with another episode of We're Talking Later on this evening with Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. For Cody Juno. Raging Cajun sideline reporter. I'm Craig Malasa. You've been listening and we're talking. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.